It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's deflected. And picked up Mason. He'll take it in. It's a pick six and a touchdown. Bell into the middle of that line. And it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. There was contact with a quarterback and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know and what? it's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's part two of our 2020 offseason review with Dennis Wazak, who covers the Jets for the Associated Press. Yesterday, we talked all about the draft. So now let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about free agency, Dennis, because... There were a lot of moves made, not a ton of flashy moves, but we knew where the areas of need were, and we knew that Joe Douglas was going to try and be as aggressive as he could, especially on the offensive line. Some new faces here, George Fant, Connor McGovern, Greg Van Roten, Josh Andrews, in addition to the other guys that we mentioned before that were drafted, Cameron Clark, and of course, Makai Becton. Do you think that just bringing in new faces is enough? Do you think this is a sizable upgrade, or is this just a matter of holding down the fort for a year, hoping that it's a marginal enough improvement, and then thinking that perhaps somebody like Clark can step in, and then they can start filtering in younger guys? Because Van Roten's a bit of a journeyman. You don't know what you're getting out of Fant. McGovern should be a really nice upgraded center, but beyond that, the offensive line still doesn't seem super set for the long haul other than Becton. Yeah, I I think um, there's a little bit of both in in what you just said, that um, you have some guys who um, might be just kind of fill-ins and, you know, because a lot of these contracts and another aspect of free agency um, that, that you saw that we didn't know until now about Joe Douglas, some of these, a lot of these contracts were, you know, really after one year, they're team friendly. They'll be able to shed some of these if they want. You know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, um, like a, a tryout <laughs> in, in, a, in a sense with a lot of these guys uh, to see how they fit in, to see if they fit in. Um, and, you know, a guy like, um, like you said, McGovern should be the center moving forward, you would think. Um, but, you know, Fant and Van Roten and, and even Josh Andrews as a backup, you could have these guys kind of mix in and see if they'll be a part of the future. I don't think that the offensive line will necessarily be um, just, you know, miles you know, better than, than uh, last year. Um, and I think a big part of that, and we really do need to keep this, you know, in mind, is that they're not together physically. And we, we've talked about offensive lines over the years and how it's so important for them to get to know the tendencies of the guy next to them. And there's not a lot of that. And especially if we have five from, from week one, 2019 to week one, 2020, you have five guys who weren't in that starting lineup last year. Um, Alex Lewis, obviously there, you know, he got plenty of, of starting time last year, but not with these guys. 
You know, th- there will be different guys. And, you know, how does Chuma Doga fit in? Does he? You know, th- how does um, Becton, um, you, you know, uh, you know, fit in? Um, I'm sure he will fit in. But how, how does he um, make the transition? You know, is it a smooth transition? Uh, they are losing valuable time. And I don't think that can be. Um, you know, overstated at, at any point. I think there's a lot of, of things that teams, and not just the Jets, obviously, everybody, because they can't be on the field together, but the offensive line um, will be a really interesting thing to see how quickly they can gel. So I, I think um, what you're going to need is some guys who can go out there and establish themselves right away when they do start uh, training and, you know, training camp and, and, and guys who, who you know you will be able to count on because the last thing you want to do is have an offensive line with the, uh, the, the type of uh, turnover that they had last year, guys in and out because of injuries and all of that. You, you don't want to have, you know, Darnold be behind another line like that because that might be it. That, that might, you know, that might really throw things into, um, you know, the unknown, you know, for – for Darnold, for the franchise, for Gase. Um, so, yeah, a, a lot relies on how these guys produce. So I think, uh, you know, you know, just a, a roundabout way of saying, like, we'll see. We'll see if these guys, how they fit. I think they want Beckton to be a big part of the future, obviously, and he will be. Um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't. But, um, you know, maybe they, maybe they move on from some other guys who don't uh, – you know, play up to what they think, you know, and it gives them some maneuverability next year to really make a splash on that line and really um, improve some things. And, but maybe they have some guys. So, you know, there's a lot unknown. Maybe Cameron Clark is able to be a starter at some point this year. You know, maybe um, Van Roten is the guy, maybe Winters is still here. Maybe, maybe he, he wins the job, you know, so um, a, a lot depends. Scott, they have 17 offensive linemen on the roster at the moment. So, I mean, who who knows what this is going to look like uh, by week one. Well, if nothing else, there's going to be plenty of competition. I think we could say that with absolute certainty when it comes to the offensive line. What about a wide receiver, Dennis? Were you surprised that they didn't make more of an effort to keep Robbie Anderson? Because for the contract that he got, it sure seems like if they wanted to keep him, they could have topped it money-wise. Two years, $20 million, only $12 million guaranteed is nowhere near what a lot of fans and media members thought Robbie Anderson was going to get. And then do you think they did enough to replace him and upgrade the wide receiver position? We talked about Mims, but they brought in Perriman, who was a first-round pick a couple of years ago, but really only has four or five games of good production in a row, and that was what got him the contract coming out of Tampa. I know that Joe Douglas was there when they drafted Perriman, so he's familiar with him, but it's definitely a little risky when you take away a team's number one weapon for their 22-year-old quarterback and bring in somebody like Perriman, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I I think so. I I think um, it's clear that Darnold and uh, Anderson had developed a rapport. Um, Maybe it wasn't as consistent as you'd like to have seen it be, but, um, you know, I I just, I think when it came down to it, the Jets just didn't want to pay that type of money for Robbie. Um, I I think they, they had a number. I think they had something in mind that they wanted to do and otherwise they wanted to move on and that's how it ended up. And, um, I think, 
you know, as far as Robbie, he's an interesting case because, um, yes, he's the best the Jets have had over the last couple of years. But then again, a lot of people never really saw him as a true number one wide receiver. You know, is he is he really a number one? So there was always that back and forth. I think for the Jets, he has been that guy. But um, I think they the Jets thought maybe they could do better. Um, I don't know that Perriman is any better. He pro- I don't think he is at this point. Um, but again, it goes back to some of the stuff we're talking about with some of these other guys. It's a guy that Joe Douglas sees potential to kind of bring that out and maybe that those last five games last year with Tampa Bay are something he Perriman really will build on and be a guy that can take it to the next step and the next level with the Jets and be a consistently productive wide receiver and um, kind of mix in there with Crowder and Denzel Mims. And, you know, after that, there's questions, right? I mean, Josh Doxson, you know, that was a guy who – had lots of potential in Washington and he just didn't really build off that. Um, you know, Vincent Smith showed some flashes last year. Uh, and then they have some guys who, you know, got some time, but, you know, Berrios is a guy who, who's, um, you know, key in the return game, but I don't know if they want him as regular, you know, regular part of the offense in the passing game. And then Josh Malone is there, Jeff Smith, some guys who had some chances. I think a lot of people are interested in seeing Lawrence Cager, uh, an undrafted free agent, um, get a chance and you know see what he might be able to do, um, you know, in training camp. And he he could be the guy that they're looking at as a potential next Robbie Anderson, a guy who was an undrafted free agent who was kind of overlooked and then may be able to uh, play a nice part and be a, a big part in the uh, passing game in the offense. But yeah, overall, I thought that might be a strike against uh, Joe Douglas in terms of, of really building up the weapons, so to speak. And, and, you know, that the having another guy in there who is proven and they know that they can get um, consistent production out of at the wide receiver spot. How about on defense? We talked about Quincy Wilson, but I want to talk about the cornerback position in general because they did add Pierre Desir. We also talked about Bryce Hall. They've got some guys coming back with Bless Austin, Arthur Millette, and even Nate Hairston. So you look at that and you compare it to last year's group. And what I've said many times is that the difference is last year's group, you didn't see any hope. At least with this year's group, there's some hope. Is that how you feel? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think, um, I mean, look, we all know what the tr- uh, Tremaine Johnson situation was, you know, and, and like I mentioned earlier, um, you know, he was never going to be Darrell Rivas. In a lot of cases, and, and I think this goes even for, a, you know, a guy that I mentioned earlier also, Logan Ryan, a lot of times in free agency when teams have needs, um, they'll overvalue and the fans, the media, the teams themselves will overvalue the quote unquote best available guy at that position. And I think that was something where the Jets really got in trouble and it played out that way um, the year that they brought Tremaine Johnson and who was, was a solid player, but you know, they, there were questions about him. He, it wasn't like he was a sure thing, but because he was the best cornerback in that, you know, free agent class, he got that contract that he did. So with that contract, you get massive expectations. And because of 
injuries and inconsistency and just like just not being able to get the job done. Um, you know, two years later, he's, you know, arguably the biggest bust free agent signing the Jets have had. So, um, you know, when you look at that and you see the young talent that the Jets have at the position with the potential, you have to think like, okay, you know, this is, this is at least better. Um, but I, I don't know that, you know, you're a hundred percent confident at that position. This year was nice to get. And that's a guy who is coming off of an injury plague season. Um, but he's been a solid performer in the NFL. And we know what Brian Poole did with this defense last year. So that was a big key getting him back. And, uh, Greg Williams obviously was very happy about that to get him to play the slot. And now it's, it's to look at the other side, what they'll do with at their other starting corner spot. And, um, I think you have enough guys who have that potential guys who have playmaking ability. You have a guy who has NFL experience like Quincy Wilson guys who have some experience like Arthur Millette and bless Austin. Nate Harrison has experience and then you throw in Bryce Hall into the mix as a guy who, um, you know, has a lot of potential. Yeah. The, the competition will be good, but, you don't want it to be playing out in week six of the season where they're, they're rotating guys and bringing guys in and not playing this guy. So um, it'll be interesting to see who kind of, uh, you know, kind of nails down one of those starting spots other than this year and uh, Brian Poole. Are you surprised they didn't do more edge rusher? They did bring back Jordan Jenkins, but everybody thought they were going to try and make a big ad, maybe somebody like a Dante Fowler. That didn't happen. In addition, are you also surprised that Jenkins got as little as he did because he only got a one-year deal for just over $3 million? There was talk that he could get somewhere in the $10 million range in a multi-year deal, and it never materialized. Yeah, for sure, and I think that... Um, was definitely one of the surprises from like the Jets standpoint. They probably figured like, okay, we're not going to pay big bucks for uh, Jordan Jenkins. We like him, you know, a solid player, but we're not going to pay the type of money that he expects to be getting on the open market. And when that, um, you know, market never materialized, it was like, okay, well, they could revisit that and bring him back and have him as a guy what they know they they can get you know they know they can get seven eight sacks out of him that he's he's a you know a a solid player um you know a good locker room guy they so it's very minimal um risk just to bring him back and um they i'm sure they were surprised that they were able to get him back uh is he a pass rushing force something that they need obviously not you know and and you know henry anderson's still there he's a guy who's solid they have a lot of guys who are solid. They don't have a, a guy who is going to be that monster off the edge. And maybe that's what they hope they can get out of Zaniga someday. Maybe that's a guy who, who just like takes off, you know, in, in the NFL and becomes a guy who um, teams have trouble stopping, you know, with the other guys there. And, and um, you know, they, they have that defensive line is also an interesting mix because you have, Obviously, Steve McClendon, the old vet who's still going. You have Quinn and Williams coming off that, you know, somewhat, you know, nondescript rookie year. Some would say disappointing. Um, so you would like to think that guy's going to take an, another step and be better, you know, at, at everything all around. 
and and then they have some guys like Kyle Phillips who got tremendous amount of opportunities last year and um, and showed some things, you know. And and I think you know he, he's a promising player without a doubt. And they and they have uh, you know Foley, Fotokasi, and and even Nate Shepard, you know, was able to play late in you know last season, showed some things. And um, you know, one guy that I thought um, might have a chance to uh, have an impact, but he got hurt was John Franklin Myers. He's the guy who had the sack of, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl and um, it, it, with the Rams a couple of years ago. And he's, he's a guy that I, I think could show something in the pass rush. So I think, again, it's one of those things where they think the Jets think that they might have some guys who could do some things and help in the pass in the, 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 uh, the pass rush and not have to pay the big bucks to a guy like Jadavian Clowney where they're saddled with a big contract where they can build a guy and then maybe fully address that next year. So I think there, there are a lot of what ifs, you know, what if this guy can be this, what if this guy, so that's, I think they're operating with a lot of that and the contracts show that with the, the short one year, you know, three years, but really one year deals that they can get out from under. Um, so there's a lot of uh, potential, you know, and, and we'll see. And, and guys that can really step up. And I think guys like Burgess and Hewitt last year um, who got opportunities and it was like, oh, wow, you know, these guys aren't bad. Um, you know, they, they could be building blocks. I think we're going to see a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of that. So people expecting the Jets to be, you know, a dominant type team, I, I think this is still a year to build. Oh, and, and one other guy, Scott, that I think um, showed something, and I think the Jets really like him, is Terrell Basham. Um, he's a guy who I think they, they think can really step up and also help. Will he be a dominant pass rusher? No, but I think they have a lot of guys they think they can mix and match and do some things and confuse some teams um, with that defense. Dennis, it sounds like you really like the job that Joe Douglas did overall. What kind of grade would you give him? Yeah, I mean, that, that's hard to say because, I mean, we haven't even seen these guys practice, you know, this roster practice. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I would say a B at the moment um, because it, it's it's hard. It's Like I said, it's hard to say because you would have liked to have seen uh, another wide receiver and you would have liked to have seen a, an edge rusher, a proven edge rusher. Um because and then you would feel even more confident but if this is the philosophy that joe douglas is taking and this is what i think you're going to see based on the ravens and what he saw ozzy newsome do and just kind of like brick by brick you know and bring in pieces and i think he knows what's needed for sustained consistency and success and i think that is what he's bringing here. And I, I think he's, he's kind of unveiled a little bit of the formula. And so did he address everything like we were talking before? No, not, definitely not. But I think he's building for the future. And I know, again, that the Jets fans don't want to hear that. They want wins now. But I think he knows what's needed to not just be a flash in the pan, not just be a one- or two-year contender. They need to have these pieces, and you have the quarterback. Now you have a, a an offensive lineman who you expect to be, uh, you know, a big time contributor for the next several years. You have that safety, 
You know, you have maybe two safeties. You have some pieces here. And, you know, another thing is um, right now, as it stands, they're going to get both C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson back in the middle of that, that linebacking core. So that's almost like getting two new guys again, you know, and, and it's it, like out of free agency, two proven guys, and you hope they're healthy and can contribute. So they have pieces, and you could see – what he's doing. So, so I, I would say I would give him a B at this point and we'll see what happens. Um, I, I, I like how he handled uh, the draft. I like what he was doing in free agency, making it clear at this point, maybe it changes next year. You know, maybe he does give bigger contracts, but right now he's, he's filling in some, some parts. He's basing it on projections and guys who have have a lot to prove and he's banking on those guys proving it with the Jets. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Dennis, let's circle back to Sam Darnold and Adam Gase. What do you think it's fair to expect from Darnold now that we know what his supporting cast is going to be like? And how tied into Adam Gase's job security should Sam Darnold be? Is there a scenario where Darnold doesn't take that next step forward, but Gase keeps his job, do you think? No, I think that's that's the key. I don't think so much of the record, the overall record of this team 
um, will determine Adam Gase's future. I think Sam Darnold's uh, progression, his development, his growth is directly tied to that because that, let's face it, that's what he came here to do as far as being a guy who can work with quarterbacks and make a quarterback better. Now you could say what you want, whether you agree with, with whether he will be able to do that or if he really has ever done that. Um, but I think that that's the thing. If Sam Darnold goes through this season and is better, but the team goes six and 10 or seven and nine, I think Gase would be back. I think as long as they've shown that this quarterback with this coach they can do something with because that can very well happen. Look at how, how difficult the schedule is and they still don't have all the pieces they need to maybe be a playoff contender or a a strong playoff contender. Um, They would need some things to break right. And some guys to, to really come up and, and really, um, you know, show that they're, you know, big time contributors. Uh, But I think in the end, really, if Darnold, does not develop and he's kind of the same and the Jets go seven and nine, then I think we're having another conversation about who are the Jets looking for the co- as their next coach. Because I think then if you're not, if you're, if you're in charge of this team and you're looking at the coach and the coach being the quote unquote quarterback whisperer, and he's not able to do that with this quarterback. Well, I think then that's when you need, to kind of reassess and reevaluate. But yeah, I, I think there, there is a scenario where the Jets might not have a great record this year and maybe they take a step back record wise. And, um, but still there's a more of a positive feeling moving forward because of what you see from the quarterback with help from the coach. What if Sam Darnold does play a lot better this year, but the record is not great as we talked about? Maybe it's somewhere in the five to seven win range. And Gay still makes a lot of the same mistakes that a lot of us were complaining about and hasn't shown growth in other areas. Do you think that Darnold would be enough to keep him here? No, I, I think that that's also another thing, too. I mean, um, you would hate to do it to the kid to have another – uh, head coach, another offensive coordinator, another system to learn. Um, but, uh, you know, if if he's okay, but he's st- the coach is still making the mistakes, that costs some games and um, just the inconsistency with some of the offensive things, I, I think that can come and, you know, end up biting him. Um, but, yeah, but I think really if Darnold is playing well, this team will go. I, I, I have less concerns about the defense, obviously, because I think the defense will be solid no matter who's playing cornerback. I think they have guys on the line and a linebacker who will be able to make some plays and they have the safeties. I think that'll be okay again. And Greg Williams, obviously, I think the offense, I think we're going to have to see uh, a, a, some progress from, from Adam Gase in being able to, develop the quarterback, have him take the next step while also using guys like Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore and Jamison Crowder and, and Rashad Perryman. And, you know, you get Chris Herndon back and using him with Ryan Griffin and, and that kind of stuff. And, and you hope a, an improved offensive line with consistency, like all of those things play in. But if you have a coach who's making 
mistakes in play calling, none of it will matter because it it won't work. So I think if you do see Sam Darnold playing well, I think that will reflect on Gase because things that Gase is calling will be working. And I think um, Darnold also has the ability to take that next step with whatever the play calls are to be better. So I, I, I think there's, there's a lot of that uncertainty, you know, and I, but I think there's also that potential. Um, certainly in Sam Darnold, I think he's going to be good. I think he's a good quarterback. I like what I've seen um, in, in spurts, you know, with him. And I think as, if he could be consistent with a lot of those things because he's able to brush things off mistakes and try not to make the same mistakes, he makes plays on the run, makes plays with his arm. I I think this guy could be good. I think he could be really good. And Gase needs to play to those strengths. And and if he does that, they'll both be fine. Dennis, before you run, I got to ask you about music because this wouldn't be a podcast (laughs) with the two of us if we didn't talk at least a little bit of music. So what have you been listening to? I know you've obviously had a lot more downtime than you're used to because of what's going on in the world right now and everybody being quarantined and all that. Have you been going back and listening to the classics? Is there anything new that you've been listening to? Uh, you know what, Scott? I haven't been listening to a lot of new stuff. I, I, I kind of go in like um, I, I have like like cycles, you know, like I'll listen to some classic rock, some Led Zeppelin, like that kind of stuff. And Metallica, um, you know, and a little bit of Megadeth. But I found myself over the last couple of weeks kind of digging back into the grunge era and um, a couple of nights, you know, walking on the elliptical, that kind of thing, listening to Soundgarden, you know, and, and listening to Rage Against the Machine. And so our uh, Cleveland sports writer, Tom Withers, tweeted something the other day, uh, about a week ago. I think he, he put, um, I forget which song it was, like Bulls on Parade or, um, you know, um, Killing a Name, that kind of stuff. When you listen to... All of their stuff, Rage Against the Machine, now, like, wow, does it really just kind of hit. There was a chance I'd see them later on this summer, and that's not going to happen now because of of everything with the pandemic. So it Mm -hmm. all kind of, like, ties in, you know, because those guys were going on tour. And uh, music, when you find some stuff to listen to, it just kind of takes your mind off of stuff, and it it, it puts you in a place that, you know, sometimes is better. You know, and mm-hmm. and makes you think, and um, like some of that music is just like tremendous. And oh, another thing is, I don't know if you know this, Scott. Metallica has been doing Metallica Mondays mm-hmm. ever since like the whole quarantine and pandemic started in March. And every Monday, they'll live stream a Metallica concert from years ago. So a couple of weeks ago, they did the Black Album tour. I, I think it was, and I can't remember exactly what country it was but you know they did some of the old stuff and some of the like the newer stuff at that time and then they played the whole black album from the end to the front and then went into some some of the other classics and it was really cool because some of the stuff i hadn't heard in ages and they i don't think they played a lot of the stuff um you know on that black album other than like the things that you know we hear like enter sandman and you know and you know stuff like that and it was cool but at the very end, they played one, and I made my soon-to-be 13-year-old son, who's very into hip-hop these days, 
I made him sit and listen <laughs> and watch Metallica play one, and he loved it. So that was a victory for me. That's a victory for anybody. I'm going to have to make every kid <laughs> in my neighborhood sit and watch that video or at least listen to the digital version of the song, just a fantastic song. I was going to ask you, since you mentioned about possibly going to concerts, how much are you going to miss live music this summer? Because I know I'm going to miss it so much. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's part of, um, especially for me for the last few years, living in Staten Island um, and and finding like that it's it's not that far to go to PNC Bank, you know, in, in Jersey and having that vibe, you know, those that open air, um, theater, you know, just amphitheater and listening to music. And, and, uh, even, uh, my best friend lives down in, um, in South Jersey and we would go to Camden and it's a similar setup, you know, and just having part of that be the summer, you know, these summer tours that, that would normally go on and, 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 you know, just hearing bands and just being around people and, and just, you know, for the most part, and you know, you've been to how you know who knows how many rock shows you know and it just like the vibe you know everybody's like fired up like happy you know you got a beer you, you know just singing songs and stuff like that and you, you miss that you know you definitely miss that and miss that as part of being something you enjoy as part of the summer ritual so to speak you know and yeah man I, i'm i'm missing that I, i've already missed out uh, i was going to see alter bridge uh, a band that i really like uh, a, a, about a month ago we were supposed to see them and uh at um, starland ballroom and obviously that was uh postponed um corn was supposed to be playing um you know I, but here's the thing scott and i think this is the the thing that we can kind of latch on to positive all these bands that were going to tour this year will tour next year a lot of them have said they're just kind of kind of move their tours to next year and there are a lot of other bands that weren't going to tour mm-hmm. but now probably will so next year hopefully all of this is over and the quarantine and the pandemic and all this and there will be tours and music constantly from the spring all the way through the summer and you won't even know which show to go to because everybody will be out there. So that, that's what I'm hoping for. And, and we'll be talking about like this band, that band, the other band being on tour and it'll be awesome. So that's what I hope for. I'm hoping for that too. I hope that we get 2021 to be the ultimate summer of music with, as you said, all these postponed tours and then all the tours that were going to happen on top of that. And we can sort of make up for lost time. Dennis Wozak Jr. of the Associated Press covering the New York Jets. A pleasure as always, my friend. We don't do this often enough. Hopefully you'll come back soon. But in the meantime, I know you've got some stuff going on at the AP. A lot of it's not Jets related, but still. What do you got cooking at the AP and how can people get a hold of you on social media? You said it, Scott. I mean, like right now, we're kind of, all of us at the AP are kind of bouncing around, doing all kinds of different things. And, uh, um, you know, with all the different coverage with the coronavirus pandemic and and the uh, protests as well and that kind of stuff. But the NFL has kept us busy. And uh, I'm also, I've covered the baseball draft for the the, uh, AP for the last, I think this is my 20th year covering it or 22nd year or something like that. So, but anyway, you can go to, uh, you know, Twitter where I am at DWA 73 and, you know, I have my links there and I usually tweet it out. APnews.com uh, has all of our stuff as well. So, uh, so yeah, we're, we've been keeping busy. There's been plenty to do um, even during this crazy time. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, 
it'll be nice to, to get a little bit of normalcy. And I think the NFL has kind of been chugging along like as if nothing uh, <laughs> has been going on, you know, and uh, trying to uh, give, give people hope that, you know, at the end of July that there will be players and coaches on the field and we'll get a, a season starting in September. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But that's the hope. Fingers crossed. They were able to pull off the NFL draft really well, so let's hope that they put together a good plan and that there is football this season starting in September, especially now that Tom Brady's finally out of the division. It's a time for rejoicing, or at least you would hope it would be, so let's hope that there's an actual season. Go ahead and follow (laughs) Dennis on Twitter and make sure that you're reading his work over at the AP. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet. If you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. It's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.